Anchor family, what's going on? It's Joe Lemon. Hopefully you guys are getting ready for the holiday weekend. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing this one out of a Starbucks. So if you hear a lot of background noises, it's the, it's the good old coffee soundtracks playing in the background. But I wanted to say what's up to everybody. I would love to hear what you guys got going on for the holiday season or the holiday weekend, I should say. Uh, I feel like this is getting ready to kick off into the Q3. So this is my busiest time of the year, Q3 and Q4. You know, is when everybody's kind of really trying to finalize what they're going to do for the rest of the year and make the last minute purchases. So this is uh, getting into my busy season. So I'm in Lake Tahoe trying to uh, take off a little bit of steam. Had a client meeting out here. That's why I'm here. And I decided to take advantage of the whole uh, festivities in the area. So that's what I'm up to over the, over the holiday. We'd love to hear what you guys are getting into as well. With that said, I'm going to share one of my episodes with Jonte Delane uh, from the Real Value Exchange. And we hit it off really well. Jonte Delane's the um, he's the digital marketing director for the University of Southern California. He also has his own learning institute. Uh, it's called the Digital Marketing Institute. Pretty simple, right? But man, this guy has a great history, especially throughout hip hop, and even just really, uh, just he's just a beast when it comes to digital marketing. He taps into more the analytics, so that's something that's a lot of us. I think we're trying to focus on the creative, but the analytical part of how to go about putting out content and get proper distribution is something I'm working on personally. So. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Have fun with it with Jonte Delane, and uh, let me know. What, let me know your thoughts. Uh, give me a voice note here on Anchor, and you can always hit me up at Joe Alex Lemon on all major platforms. It just starts off with the plan and having that strategy, even if you don't have the infrastructure. Really sitting down and thinking yeah. about, okay, how if my brand were a person. I would have talked. Look, I would dress, right? The whole night, I mean, all the, the basically dressing a mannequin, right? Think about it that way, um, as that mannequin being your brand voice. Um, you know, what what colors, you know, are going to be apparent? What tone of voice are you going to use? What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon, and thank you so much for tuning in to The Real Value Exchange. So on this episode, I got a treat for you. I got a real... I got a real heavy hitter, man. I got Jonte Delane. Now, if you guys don't recognize that name, you guys will <laughs> be quickly educated about that. He's the guy that a lot of your favorite digital marketers go to for resources. And he currently runs the marketing team for the University of Southern California. Uh, he has his own university online as well, where he educates a lot of digital marketers and the guys behind some major brands. And his story is just coming up through hip hop. So he used to be a DJ, used to work, he used to work under Sway. Um, I mean, so he just has a lot of, a lot of influence, man. And he really knows what he's up to because he's been doing it for so long. So with that said, I want you guys to enjoy this episode. Um, and if you do enjoy it, please rate it, subscribe it, go to iTunes. I just transferred everything over to Speaker. Uh, Spreaker, that is, that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Check it out for yourself. If you're into podcasting, it seems to be a, a nice way to go about hosting. Um, the rates are pretty comparable to my old um, hosting site with Libsyn. So um, just, you know, for all the podcasters out there, I highly, highly encourage you guys to kind of check it out and see if it's a good fit for you. But I'm trying it out. So let me know if there's any glitches or anything else that you guys are noticing. You guys can always hit me up. I'm at Joe Alex Lemon. And with that said, please sit back and enjoy this podcast. Man, you know what, man? So, um, dude, let me let me kind of back up a little bit here. Okay. So, uh, we like first. I first met you because uh, I was volunteering at this digital marketing event, and I I was like, man, I really want to get more to, you know, marketing. I want to I want to understand it better. And I was like, okay, I don't feel like dropping fifteen hundred dollars on a ticket. Right. I happened to be in town at the time, and I was like, Smart I'll just move, I was like, let me just go hustle it up, you know, meet people. And literally, I, I got a podcast, so I'll just plug the podcast if there's an opportunity, right? Right. And man, it, it was it was it was um it was really cool. And people were like, yo, I see what you're doing here. You need to talk to Jonte, man. He has over two hundred fifty thousand followers on Twitter. 
He knows his stuff. He has his own university, basically, set up. <laughs> he works for the USC. I'm like, hold up, wait, what? I'm like, all right, let me go find him. And he, so honestly, I was, I was going to just volunteer my time, and uh, people were like, direct me to you, man. And so I want to welcome you to the Real Value Exchange podcast. And I really look forward to picking your brain because, I mean, as I was doing my homework on you, I mean, you, I mean you're hitting people hard, man, especially challenging people to really think about being smarter once it comes to digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times there's there's both sides of the story, right? I always talk about how there's, there's that art and science in pretty much everything that we do. Right. And um, a lot of people really nail the art piece. Some people are really good at that and craft nice messaging. And there's a way to kind of just draw people based off how they, just based off their God-given talents a lot of times kind of how I view it. But, uh, but man, a lot of times people don't really understand the actual science behind it right. and the math. And I think that you've kind of nailed that, it seems like, just from the little bit of understandings of, uh, mm-hmm. of pretty much how I understand how you operate and really try to bring in big data. But man, welcome to the pod, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm just happy to be here, man. Man, you know what? Um, it's blazing on like a Saturday. You, it is. <laughs> you didn't have to come outside. across town. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure traffic wasn't just you know smooth sailing and like everything else. But uh, I definitely do appreciate you just taking time to come out, man. Oh, good, man. And um, I was on your website, okay, and I was checking out some of your content, and there's a video of a kid interviewing. Um, wide receiver Tim Brown, <laughs> Brian Bosworth. Was that you, by the way, man? That was me, man. That's, that's that like, was me in my former <laughs> life. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was me. I think I was uh, maybe thirteen. Okay, thirteen, fourteen, or something like that. I mean, so did you always know that you wanted to kind of do this? I mean, was that a? You know, I I just lucked up on it, man. Back in the day, I tried out for a television show. Okay. Uh, They went around to all the local malls uh, (laughs) trying to get kids from the community, and uh, they picked me and another guy. I was actually the runner-up. Went to San Francisco um, for their studio sports channel, which was now bought out by Fox, I believe. Cool. And uh, ended up being a a co-host of a show. I I had good interview questions, and um, they picked me, and I... Really haven't really looked back ever since. Really? And it, yeah, I really got. Are you from the Bay then? I'm from the Bay Area. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. From the Bay Area, so haven't really looked back since, man. I, um, during high school, all, all throughout high school, I had the show, and um, oh, it that's was solid on. though, man. So you had you had your own show back in high school. I did. That man. sounds dangerous, man. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> it sounds dangerous for yeah. like a, a young teenager to have that much oh, fame man. coming up, man. Hey, listen, I, I had. I never forget, man. I bought an all white 5.0 Mustang. Oh, stop, stop. You had all white. Yeah. <laughs> no. What was the inside, man? What was the inside interior? Do you remember? I think it was. Uh, I think it was red. Oh, stop, man. Yeah. All white with the red, the red guts. Oh man, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> especially in high school. Good times, good times, man. High school is definitely good times. Um, Super cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's where you saw that picture, man. So, um, how did you get into marketing then? I mean, because obviously, mm-hmm. media was that already happening for you in high school, which is rare that someone has that much exposure to it that early. I mean, you get a couple people that kind of do the uh, morning announcements, right? <laughs> right, right. I did those? Oh, really? Absolutely. Oh, so you were doing those as well? Absolutely. <laughs> Well-rounded, man. Yeah. I, I mean, so, I mean, that's most people's first start, right? Mm-hmm. But you had your own TV show, and then you went into marketing. How was your first step into, into marketing? It was actually uh, through DJing. Okay. It was actually through DJing. Uh-huh. So I remember, I think I won a, a business scholarship, a grant, I, I would say, and then um, I think it was for $1,000. And I try to figure out, okay, how am I going to flip this $1,000 into something greater? Mm-hmm. And so I basically threw a party, mm-hmm. threw a big party, and invited the whole entire... <laughs> At the uni- I mean, so are you in high school still? No. I was in high school still, yeah. Get this out this of here, was man. my This is my senior year. Uh, I got into Cal at the time, so I, I figured like, okay, I need to... I need to, to continue making some money. So I, I said I was going to DJ, mm-hmm. and that was going to be my gig. So I was going to DJ at night, go that's, to school during the day. That's deep. Um, I also was working uh, for a local radio station, and um, Sway Calloway, which was my mentor at the time, um, and I was helping to produce his show. Um, and so I was watching all the DJs that would come in, fell in love with music. Uh, Sway taught me how to, you know, uh, do the boards and the faders and the music selection and things wow. that you would think about when programming music. And so I took that and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to be a DJ. Wow. And uh, I, I remember I was senior class president and I was planning our senior dinner. We paid our uh, the DJ, I think it was $300 at the time, which is probably equivalent to maybe like 
700 now right at least right. in my eyes right and of course of course <laughs> and um yeah. he i'll never forget he played uh corrupt we can freak it okay <laughs> <laughs> five times yeah. through the whole night and i was like we paid this guy 300 dollars, and i could have done a better job yeah i said that's what i'm gonna do yeah got turntables and and pretty much hit the ground running how was the whole northern cow music scene man i mean around this time so yeah i mean so this was um, what era for I graduated you in 99. 99, okay, High cool. School 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so 99, who was, who was big around then? Because you had like E40 so that was e, pumping e a little four, bit. E40 yeah. was the largest uh, hip-hop artist in the Bay Area. But during that time, I think it was a lot of uh, Southern California. So that was when you had Dr. Dre and the... The whole um, chronic, uh, yeah. Def Jam, uh, Def Jam, uh, Death Row. Yeah, yeah, right? that's right, that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, was, yeah. was big. For okay. A lot of West Coast music. And that was when the whole East Coast, West Coast beat. Hey, they were battling, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So. That was a good time to be alive, though, man. It, it, it was it was history, man. It was. It was history. Seriously, yeah. man. It was, um, and you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, what, there were some pieces of it that weren't as fortunate, but right. I mean, there were some key takeaways from a business standpoint as well, just how they just how they branded that whole movement. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm grew up in Richmond, California. California, okay. Right. So that's about 15, 20 minutes north of Oakland. Mm -hmm. And uh, Master P was pretty much got his his start, his business start in Richmond. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Everybody it's, thought it was New Orleans. I mean, everybody. Yeah, he's originally from New Orleans. Yeah. He came to Richmond to start his music. So he started the record label in Richmond. Wow. And he owned a, a, a record store in Richmond. And that that was how he started to control the music scene and pressing his CDs and selling them and so on was all from Richmond. I didn't know that. Okay, and so, cool. you know, just kind of being around that as well as a lot of the independent record labels, being mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, I mean, that was really the time to just sit back and watch all of these movers and shakers as they're building their empires. Mm -hmm. And it happened through music. And so for me, when you, when you look at music and marketing, that's really how I um, entered the scene, so to speak. And so um, I I became a DJ and a really popular DJ. Um, I did radio, I did tours, I pretty much did it all. Mixtapes, worked with a lot of cool artists that you probably would know. And uh, from there, I, I went on to uh, working with you know the local artists in the Bay Area. Pretty much all of the Bay Area artists that you probably can name back during that time, I pretty much worked with. Wow. Uh, and so. You know, went from there to working on major artists as well. Um, got the uh, Def Jam, all of the Def Jam artists, all of the um, Atlantic artists, Warner Brothers, uh, mostly focusing on hip hop. Wow. Uh, built a agency, a boutique agency that focused on uh, marketing for music and uh, had street teams, had vehicles. So I was the guy that was, you know pasting stuff all over the freeway <laughs> and then had a street team passing yeah. out flyers yeah. and CDs and things like that. Uh, built up a team of about 32 people, man, and opened up an office. It was a great time. It was a great time. That's crazy, then. man. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, so I was on the East Coast at the time. Mm -hmm. I graduated like an 01, so okay. you got a couple of years on me. But, you know, it, it was one of those times where it was so polarized, right? But everything right. I've learned about, like, especially around the Bay, from that era was that it was big into people doing their own private labeling. Right. And that makes sense because if Master P was there, that, that's what he was pushing. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, um, hindsight, that's where everybody wants to be now, right? right? I mean, everybody's trying to, I mean, so you guys kind of had the actual forefront on that era of it because, you know, back then people were still getting signed to deals and a lot of those deals were like those crappy 360 deals right. that people are, everybody's kind of... And that, that's, that's interesting that you would say that because yeah. when you think about it in relation to social media, right. right, it's like back then before social media hit the scene, uh, they were establishing their own distribution, right? Mm. And that was the key. If you had your distribution locked down, you're able to find effective ways to get your product to the masses then you're essentially going to win at the end of the day, which is one of the reasons why Master P was able to negotiate these types of deals. And I assume even, you know, Puffy, Sean Combs yeah. probably did the same thing, right? Having that distribution platform. So now it's a lot easier for people to do it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, through I, the internet, through social media and so on. It's crazy different, man. I mean, and you know, I was I was listening to one of your other interviews and you even mentioned how you had your own website that would help them do that. Is that mm -hmm. right? You, I mean, so you were doing a little bit of that work for them as well? Yes. And cool. so this was back in the day when MySpace was the, the predominant uh, platform. MySpace. And I was, I was helping to build a, a fan base for these artists. So making sure that they had their, their page was right, making mm -hmm. sure they had the right content. Ah. Uh, oh, so you, were like, man, you were like one of the first like social media agencies then. 
Yeah, I, I could I could say that yeah, for sure that's because legit. Um, we were I was actually battling against this other guy in Harvard. <laughs> okay, um, you know he's winning now though oh, for okay. sure, and you probably yeah. know who that is. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he, yeah, he's got a couple wins under his belt. Yeah, now. he's <laughs> got more than a, <laughs> he's got a couple wins under yeah, his he's, belt. He's worth uh, what eighty three billion now. It's bananas, think, so. man. Yeah. And, for those who don't know, we're talking about if it's over here, it's Mark Zuckerberg. Of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. Facebook, man, right? man, man. You know, um, how do you see artists leveraging what's happening today? Because it's like it's a totally different line. I mean, I remember MySpace was was cool, and then uh, you could start putting the music on the page. Right. I still can't even log into my MySpace, man. I'm not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> I see it's still up there too, but I got to take yeah, that down. I think I think <laughs> I think Justin Timberlake, who's mm-hmm. a major stakeholder, and bought it. Okay. So he owns a part, major part of, of MySpace now. I can see that. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, for, for what's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Real Value Exchange. And so I'm going to pick up on part two of my conversation with Jonte and Delane. Man, and one of the important takeaways from this conversation is, is the amount of strategy and the amount of analytics that he pays attention to when it comes to making content. A lot of times I know that even myself, especially I get focused in on creating the creative piece and, and you want to have something that's going to be engaging and, and um, you know, something that's going to draw people in, of course. And that's important, but just equally as important is your distribution and having a strategy to how you're going to break up whatever long form content you have into microbytes that's going to be digestible, things that you can put on multiple platforms and that's going to be relevant to that platform. So with that said, guys, um, let's dive right back into part two with the episode with Jonte Delane. Resync is a new patent pending nitric oxide formula loaded with natural extracts such as red spinach, the newest and only standardized natural nitrate on the market, aronia berry, top antioxidant in the world, and red beets, all three of which are the nitric oxide precursors. What else do you get in the one serving of Resync? Turmeric, ginger, mango extract, and inulin. Boost your daily vitality sure you with Resync like a pro athlete. Nuggets too um, within your podcast and things like that. Um, I'm learning. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get please. to it for yeah. sure. For sure. I mean, I mean, man, I mean, man, you know, it's one of those things where um, just that process of trying to figure out how you want to go about building this brand is um, it's such a journey, you know? I mean, and, and it's not that nice, smooth, linear path I was hoping it would be, <laughs> right? Right. And say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. People are going to respond to it. Especially with, I mean, with, I mean, I thought it was a great point that you brought up with breaking down episodes into multiple pieces of like content because. A lot of times, I, especially in the very beginning, I'm like, okay, shows up, guys, get it. Right, right, <laughs> You're like, right, everybody's right. going to flood to it, right? right? It is like, but you forget there's, you know, five million other podcasts out there. Right. And so how do you cut through the clutter and how do you kind of reach your right target? Mm-hmm. And um, man, that's been such a just learning process for myself. And, you know, I... I, I could imagine when you're talking to larger companies that have larger budgets and, and more kind of bandwidth to bring on people to help hit all those different channels, it's a much different conversation than it is with the small to medium guys, sure. right? So, I mean, I mean, so how do you kind of, um, how do you, <laughs> how do you kind of push people who don't want to be pushed into like social media, knowing that there is a benefit for everybody there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll give you an example, uh, working with uh, this very, very large CPA for that, about 16 offices internationally. Nice. And they're trying to shape their brand voice, right? Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're about 30 years old, so they're kind of stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very buttoned up, mm-hmm. right? And so what I did with them is I called a half-day meeting in their conference room, and I had all the key stakeholders there that wanted uh, a seat at the table when talking about their brand voice Mm -hmm. and identifying, okay, what do you guys stand for as a company? What's the culture like? Here's what I'm seeing from the outside based on what your social media engagements, based on what's on your website um, and the content that you're producing. Mm -hmm. So from an outsider, this, these are my perceptions. Is that correct? And, and the majority of the time it's, it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's they want to be conveyed as something different. So I say, okay, well, there's obviously a gap there. There's the, here's what you think you are, and here's what other people think you are. Right? <laughs> sure, so yeah. How, so how can we how can we fill that gap? And so one of the things that I love to do is making sure that we have these brand pillars that are established, and those brand pillars 
consist of um, their imagery, uh, consist of the communication, consist of the logo, consist of the colors, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. Um, and, and identifying really the true essence of the business and the employees that work within it, right? And so I think a lot of times that um, larger brands get very confused uh, with their their communications because the market changes right yeah. so often and so it's so it's, it's quick these days too exactly man. Yeah. so the the think about it this way 10 years ago actually say 15 years ago it was it was good to be big hmm. it was good to be corporate it was good to be big right yeah. then you had the financial crisis with the housing market collapsing and so on, right? Yep. Then you have the the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement, yeah. right? And so I, I'm 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 making a point here. I know it's no, like I'm no, going no, off. But no, this is good. It's perfect. So you have consumers uh, have a strong distrust with larger corporations, and those large corporations are starting to position themselves as small because they see it. Mm-hmm. So you'll start to notice people on commercials representing these large brands mm-hmm. that really don't look like, hmm, that's interesting. Like they, they don't, they don't have, they're, they're, they're probably slightly uh, overweight yeah. or they're, they're, they're different. They have freckles right. or, you know, this, the, you wouldn't imagine that this person with um, this light skin or this dark skin or whatever the case may be, they're just not very commercial based on what, what we are used to seeing in like the early nineties with the Colgate smile, yeah. the smooth skin, yeah, the yeah. perfect hair, like that's not it anymore. And so brands have to readjust based on that, right? So in order to to win the day, you have to look at what the consumers are resonating with and making sure that you are coming off as authentic. Man, that's a phenomenal point, man, because it's one of those things where there there has been some major shifts. And a couple it's funny that you it's funny we're having this conversation because I'm always um I'm always under the belief that a lot of times things are changed from the top down, mm-hmm. but sometimes they are from bottom up, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, man. So you know, and and those two examples that you that you brought up are bottom up examples right. where people are starting to pivot now because you are seeing more of those. Oh, he looks he looks a little more. Like you would, you would, think you would yeah, yeah, see yeah, him yeah. on a commercial or yeah. on a commercial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the only people still doing it are those. Um, Perfume ads. <laughs> the perfume ads from Macy's still haven't really cut. Kind of, they haven't, yeah. you know, everybody still jump out the pool. Everybody's you know, got right. the nice eight pack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, outside, of, yeah, outside of that, man, like, but you've seen a lot of larger brands finding ways to look more, I guess, like the general population. Absolutely, man. So you know, um, that's that's interesting though. Do you think? That's that's a trend that's going to last, or do you, or, or, or do you think it's just a wave? I should say, is that something that's kind of um, going to be a much larger? You know, I, I mean, I should say larger, but much more long term play, or is it just a wave that's coming in and out? So I, I think <clears throat> that there are ebbs and flows, and um, I think there's certain trends that would come back around, mm-hmm. right? So when you look, for example, at um, magazines, when you look at uh, you know, print mail pieces, things like that, right? When you open up your mailbox, if you have something in your mailbox now, it's like, oh, it's almost a novelty. You're actually going to probably pick it up and open it, you yeah. know, because you the, the amount of mail that we get is completely decreased. 100%. People aren't sending mail like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you want to sort of, you know, do something a little bit different um, outside of the norm, you could probably send, send a mail piece and it'd be a successful campaign. But... 10 years ago, no one would even think about sending their mail piece. All the, the CMO budgets for print collateral and direct mail campaigns uh, have shrunk, mm-hmm. right? But I think there's an opportunity there. Even with magazines, you're going to start to see more magazines because people are going to start to want to touch and feel things, Interesting, right? yeah. Um, there could be a divide between when you have uh, purist, right, and you have peop- and futurist, mm-hmm. right? So um, physical books versus e-books, like all those those different um, tools that we normally use in different mediums are going to start to to rear up. And, and, and so um, I say that because... You know, your question about do you think this is a fad or not, right? right? I think that it certainly could could come back around, right? Um, you know, it could be a point where people start to eat unhealthy again, 
right? Uh, yeah. it, it could be a point to where people start reading physical books over ebooks or no books at all, mm-hmm. right? And start to listen to more podcasts like this and so on, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's important to think about the ebbs and flows of consumer behavior because you want to be ahead of the curve, right? Because if the larger the organization is, it's like a, a locomotive, right? It, it's going to take a long time to get up and rolling to to get speed, Mm -hmm. right? But then once you're up to speed, it's going to take a lot longer to slow down. So you need to to go where the market is going and not necessarily where the market is, right? (laughs) When you're planning these larger infrastructure. As a smaller business, you're able to be more nimble and you can adjust. But it's important to think about that consumer behavior and how um, how it changes over time so that you can set up your marketing strategies accordingly. Counterculture, man, is is, is 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 a lot what I'm thinking about what you're talking about, though, is because, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, man, you know, only thing left is Facebook ads. That's that's what works. That's the only way. And it's like, true, because I, I run Facebook ads, and they seem to be pretty solid. But, I mean, at the right price, a mailer, it can get the job done, too, <laughs> you, right. you know? Right. I, I, I mean, and, and um, I think sometimes we get, we get so, um, we get so one- Dimensional and just stuck, and we want to put our actual flag on the ground. And say this is this is this is the hill I'm going to die on, right, <laughs> you know. Right. And, and as we're saying that, the whole movement's shifting back a different way. Correct, man. Um, how do you help companies get off that hill, man? I think one, it it's, it starts with making them aware of what actually is going on, mm-hmm. you know. And when I go into companies, I'm sure there are people that have the same amount of experience as me. Uh, smarter than me, whatever the case may be. But, but they probably weren't like a DJ, though, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they probably weren't holding down as a DJ. They probably okay. weren't. The, the, the <laughs> point I'm trying to make here is sometimes it takes a person from the outside to bring in another perspective right. uh, that they can listen to. And so if it, trying to get them uh, up and going is, is really identifying um, like what's most effective. And every business is different. You may have a CMO that's steadfast on, you know, they think that TV advertising is where it's at. Mm-hmm. So we have to figure out a way to get to them. And I, I really, uh, some of my strategies are if there are um, certain individuals or stakeholders that I need to really uh, get in their pocket so I can uh, help them, and you know, get over whatever issues that they have in the digital space. Put them on a draft board, hmm. and I and I try to figure out different tactics to uh, communicate with them on their level, hmm. right? The level that they want to res- that resonates with them, and so doing research, speaking with other people, playing detective, man. That's really, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. really what it all is, is about. And so you have to do all of that stuff to create buy-in. That's the first step. Now, once you create buy-in, once you have their ear, mm-hmm. then that's when you start impl- helping them implement different tactics that uh, would really resonate with their target audience. Man, you know, um, so I first started this actual podcast because uh, I've been doing sales for years, and I feel like when I first got out the gate as a salesperson, I was horrible. And I used a lot of like, garbage tactics, <laughs> you know, but like, I mean, just, just a lot of foolishness, right? Coming out the gate, I was like, look, there's a better way. And um, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have this actual podcast. And like you're saying, just understand, like you have to seek to understand as you're, Absolutely. as you're actually talking about, man, getting in there, trying to get on the level, but really uh, play doctor almost and say, all right, let's see what's going on here. Analyze the actual case, you know, because every case is a little bit different, I'm assuming, right? right? Yes. Um, man, so, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's funny dealing with certain with like, with like certain customers. Do you find yourself having to walk away from certain people who are just want to say, "Hey, I'm, this is the way I believe that it really needs to go." Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and I say that because sometimes, you know, depending on your situation, if if you really need clients, if you don't, whatever the case may be. Sure. Part of my ethos really is like I just want to win. Yeah. Right. And so, well, what does that mean? Well, for me, winning is taking a brand from A to Z. Hmm. Right. And if I feel like the situation isn't right to do so, then then that's when I just refer them to digitalbrandinginstitute.com so they can learn everything they um, can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like I can understand a situation if one, if they have a culture that um, is at least wanting to learn more about how to be better, mm-hmm. right, then I can work with that. Um, if they have uh, enough investment 
if they have financial investment around, you know, these initiatives, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so th- those are some of the things that, that I look at. And then also just, you know, the, whatever they're offering is, mm-hmm. you know, if it helps better the lives of other people then I'm like, oh, I'm all in. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I got so, you. Yeah, yeah. so th- those are kind of like the, 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 the key things that I look at. Smart. Um, when trying to decide if I should work with someone or not. And, um, you have a you good, know, it's, like, it's um, off so far. that's really good, man. Because I mean, pretty much what you're telling people is that you have a good value system for yourself prior to even coming into the meeting. It sounds like, correct. So you're not just looking for them to kind of, you know, give you the budget and say, oh, can I work with this amount? <laughs> you right, know, right. I, mean, I mean, but it's more so do our core values link up or is it going to make sense for us to actually do business or not? Correct. And so yeah. a lot of times it's, it has to do with timing. True. So, you know, okay. they just may not be, they may not have it at that particular time. So, you know, I've created systems to keep in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Right, to, make, to make sure that, that I'm feeding them the right information so they can at least stay up to date with what's going on. Nice. Then when they're ready to move, then hopefully I can be top of mind. That's solid, man. Super, super solid. Man, you know, so there's so many uh, quote unquote uh, gurus in the field these days, but especially when it comes to marketing, man. Yep. I, I feel like more than, um, more than most other... Um, Sectors, you see people popping up, mm-hmm. claiming to know what you know everything in in the market or, or be that go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how do you kind of cut through some of that noise, man? Because it seems it seems it seems uh, pretty loud. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is loud. Yeah. But you know what? I, I don't even pay attention to it. Yeah, uh, smart play. But I notice it yeah. for sure because you know there's uh, especially after again, kind of going back to the the financial meltdown, housing meltdown. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people from the real estate industry started to become social media experts. Right? Mm-hmm. That was like the next was, thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I noticed, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, but then now, as social media starts to to plateau, mm-hmm. right, social media marketing, it's either you run a Facebook ads or you're not. Like at this point, yeah, right. Yeah. And so uh, then you had you had your like Facebook ad experts, but then after um, the whole Cambridge Analytica data breach, that whole thing. Facebook has really locked down their system, um, and so brands really aren't able to communicate with Facebook users like they used to. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be the next thing, right? People are searching for the next thing. Here comes digital branding. So you'll not you'll start to see more branding experts now. Okay. Because that's now, the next wave. That's the next wave. Okay. Mark my okay. words. Okay. Right. I can so believe it. Yeah. People people are going to start to be um, position themselves as branding experts. So the, one of the ways that I you know rise above the noise, as you mentioned, is just to continue putting out good content. Yeah. And so um, there's there's no mo outside of the fact that I just want to evangelize digital branding. That's why I call myself a digital branding evangelist. Mm-hmm. And I started Digital Branding Institute because of that. I want as many people as possible to consume the content. And so um, I understand also that you know a, a lot of these digital marketing tactics are starting to become short lived or starting to plateau. So. When thinking about what's next, it's all about digital branding. Multiple touch points in the digital space to actually convert your target audience. That's a great point, man, because uh, as you said this, like I think it was the last week whenever Twitter came through and chopped off, I guess, 30% of all the bots that are out right. there. And, I mean, um, and I think... Yeah. Even on like Instagram, I'm seeing less people visit the page. You know, there's like a little tweaks in these algorithms that are always happening. Yep. And so people are jumping from, uh, you know, from LinkedIn to Twitter video. You, you, you know, everybody has the little, the little uh, like bullet point out there. But it, but it's uh, but it, it is more that mix. Marketing has always been a mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing it right, I, I believe, right? Yes. I mean, you would never just not say never, but there's very few cases where you could probably see people saying. I'm on this one channel heavy and that's it, unless you don't have a big budget to do right. more. Um, so branding online, mm-hmm. what's, what's some of the math that people need to start paying more um, attention to? Like, because, you know, a lot of times people are, are really into the art that we were talking about and putting together really good uh, clips and videos and pictures or even like um, blog posts. But what's some of the numbers that people should be looking at that's going to help them convert to something that actually makes sense for them. Well, I think looking at the data with regard to numbers is, mm. is important. And so that data, meaning um, you know, understanding 
what traffic is coming to your website, uh, making sure that you can gather as much data as possible, utilizing whether it be Facebook pixels or AdWords or whatever the case may be. Um, and then obviously setting up a, a system to, to collect this information because um, people are going to be exposed to your brand and coming from disparate sources, mm-hmm. right? So you want to make sure that you're able to collect anyone that information on anyone that comes across your brand. It's very, very, very important because there's hmm. so many things out there. They stumble across your brand. They could bounce for whatever reason. Yeah. Whether it be the information that they're looking for is not readily available. Whether it's they just your website is running too slow, or um, they whatever you have on your page they just don't like. Right. So you have to figure out that stuff. So looking at the data is going to help you to do that. Right. So that's the science part, but the art part comes in. Um, with regard to your creativity in in presenting things in ways that not not that um, your target audience is going to be surprised by, and it's at least going to stop them in their tracks. Hmm. So it could be bad, it could be good, but if it can stop them in their tracks for a moment, then you left an impression on them, and that's where the art comes into play. Man, you know, getting people to stop these days is like if you can get that to pull out, if you can pull that off, like get people to to invest uh, thirty seconds is real. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a long time. I mean, seriously though, man. Like if you could pull somebody in for a good a good thirty seconds, that's like a major pull off, man. If, was there anything from you know whenever you were like DJing and coming up in the whole music scene that you've seen that people are are, are kind of doing back then that's also working now? Any of those tactics that are kind of crossing over? Oh, as far as on the digital space? Because, you know, I mean, digital's changed. Oh, sure, uh, sure. You know, so much. So a lot of the tactics kind of have changed, but... It's a good point, yeah. I mean, I mean, but um, any of those... Because uh, I just talk about music because I feel like if you can grow music, especially hip-hop, how it was a lot of hand-in-hand, yep. I mean... Yep. Guerrilla tactics. It was very, it was very raw, you know, and 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 that was the beauty of it. I feel like because a lot of times it was somebody with a flyer having an actual street team, you know, come to the club and and then you would meet people there, you know. I mean, so it was very belly to belly, old school. Yep. I, I mean, I, you know, like I mean, that's how I like to actually do sales. So I don't like to only do the Skype call. I'm like, man, we got to link up and do right. dinner or brunch right. or something, right? right. Um, do you see any of those tactics kind of working on the whole digital space as well? I mean, any of those old school tactics of just being human, I guess. You know, I think I think it enhances it, yeah. right? So I think the the human to human interactions are still there, especially in different sectors. But you know, if you put a layer of digital on top of that, it, it's going to enhance that experience. So, for example, if you're having brunch or meeting with a potential client and you go to their um, their LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. right, um, you'll be able to check out information about them. Or if you set up a widget or have an app that collects, automatically scrapes their information and then puts it on your phone to let them know that this is what college they've gone to, these are the organizations and affiliations they have, mm-hmm. um, and it reads it out to you. It's a nice play. It's a nice play, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it, obviously it's going to enhance that. So it, it kind of it, it, it helps you with efficiency, um, and it, it helps to... Fuel those relation, fuse those relationships, um, but then it's just up to us to kind of keep them going mm-hmm. and figuring out, you know, uh, the best way to interact with that potential client going forward. Whether it's continuing those lunches or just continue having updates on your LinkedIn account, mm-hmm. sending emails, sending them um, additional content about whatever is challenging them. Sure. For example, um, so again, I think just overlaying that digital aspect to that prospecting and doing business, it only enhances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can totally see that. I bet people um, who who were just like myself who were like, all right, I'm about to have a meeting with you, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they go right online immediately. That's kind of what everybody does, right? You know, okay, he has a nice Twitter following. Okay, he's on LinkedIn doing things, you know? Right. And, and it just goes deeper into that relationship immediately. It kind of cuts through a lot of fluff, I feel like. Absolutely. You know? this, this is one of the main reasons why I'm going to hop on my soapbox. Yeah, this go for main, it, man. This is the main reason why I say that digital branding is so important mm-hmm. because I've, I've come across many individuals that have um, a great brick and mortar brand, right? They're getting a lot of referrals in, but when I look them up online, it's like what you told me earlier on, I don't see any of this stuff right. online. So yeah. the credibility that that I see you have when I met you was there. I was excited, ready to go, but just it's not present online. So if if I never met you, I've never had that conversation with you, mm-hmm. when I look at your digital brand, 
it's, it's, I, I don't feel the same. And so it's important to establish that strong digital brand because people are going to be Google searching you. They're going to look at your social media. They're going to look at your credibility, mm-hmm. right, o- o- overall. And so what I've learned is that, one, it helps me to close clients. I bet. Yeah. You know, my close rate is, is pretty good. Because yes. they, because of, <laughs> mostly because of my platform. So they say, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Sure. Um, because I love to share content that, you know, helps people. And so based on that, you know, the, the, you know, I, I'm able to get close these clients, but for, for others who don't have that platform, right. I think it's important just to start, um, documenting, your journey, mm-hmm. right? And so for those who are having difficulty creating content um, or for those who are, you know, just make, don't believe that they have that personality yeah. to do so, just document your journey. And at the very least, if people see that you're trying to build something, if they continue to, to receive that type of content, they automatically have a vested interest and in, in some affinity for you just to see you kind of win. Right, you know, e- yeah. even if they may if they may not uh, use your business or not, they may know someone else, right? And again, it's all about staying top of mind. Mm-hmm. And so, as you begin to document your journey and build your digital brand, you know, you're going to have a better chance to to get more customers, clients, and leads. Man, man, you know, um, I think that's a great point, man, because a lot of times I'm talking to other salespeople, I'm like, guys, I don't know how you don't go harder at something. <laughs> I mean, whether it's making content for your business or whether it's just being more active online, sharing funny memes, just, right. you know, whatever you're up to. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I started this actual podcast. I was like, okay, I can talk about sales. I can add value here. And it's a way for me to kind of build up my actual personal brand as well. And it's, right. and it's had an impact on nice. my customers. Nice. Even though I'm not even selling anything to them, it's just the fact that I'm active and I'm just now a better networker so I can plug other people, right? Um, and, and, and so, man, I think that's a great point, man. And, you know, I want to ask you some things about the actual education system as well. Sure. Because you've been at the university now for six plus years, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so I had a marketing degree and, and um, it's one of those things where are they teaching a lot of the students coming out these days to say, hey, you got to be, you got to have a much stronger presence online. I mean, is that something that's being clearly conveyed? I think they're forced to, even if, no matter what institution it is, you're going to be forced to change some of your curriculum to, to what students actually want, right? So, yeah. you know, one of the reasons why, <clears throat> excuse me, I started Digital Branding Institute because I had a thirst for trying to get a PhD. Okay. And so I- Are you still going for it? Well, I've, <laughs> here's the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. So I did a couple interviews, yeah. informational interviews with uh, some students in the PhD program. And after those interviews and kind of some soul searching, uh, I decided I can do everything that I want to do mm-hmm. without a PhD outside of being a tenured professor at a research university, sure. which really wasn't my thing. I'm more of a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I said, I can still write books. I can still lecture. I can still, you know, have speaking engagements, whatever the case may be. Isn't that crazy right now though, man? I mean, it's, it's crazy how you can pull all that off. I mean, if you have the right, you know, experience, resume to back up what you're talking you about. You certainly can. Yeah. And, and so going back to my point about institutions having innovative curriculum, you know, they're starting to pull in practitioners, mm. right? And so, for example, um, I remember, I think it was Stanford. I went to Cal, but Stanford had, <laughs> had uh, Tyra Banks teaching a yeah, class, yeah, yeah. right? And so- I think she still does too, though, really? right? I think so. I mean, well- yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So With the MBA so program. Those are the type of, of programming um, that, you know- m- these institutions should implement, mm-hmm. and they are right. The more the sad, the, the more innovative universities are doing that type of stuff, and so uh, it's where education is going is is uh, it's it's more niche related. Um, you know, it, it has to be in order for it to survive. I right. Mean, I think higher education will always be around, of course, but I think it's going to look a little bit different because people have access to information. Now, because of the internet, uh, people, especially in this generation, are starting to believe that you don't need to go to college to be successful because mm-hmm. they see um, Kylie Jenner has yeah. now got $900 million of, you know, <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. of sales in makeup. And, you yeah. know, so it's like she's doing most of that stuff based on her social media and all this other stuff, right? So 
now, now this generation is starting to think a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we were coming up back in the day, as far as trying to, you know, set a good career path for us and stability and so on. So with higher education, man, it, it has to get to a point where we're bringing in uh, practitioners, we're, in, we're having innovative programming, innovative curriculum in order to attract today's students. Man, you know, it's, it's bananas, too, because I feel like education has really shifted. And uh, people always get on me because sometimes I go a little bit too hard left. But um, so I was watching this actual YouTube clip. Okay. And there was this girl on there. She was much younger. I'm not sure how old. And she's like, yeah, I'm dropping out so I can go really build my YouTube channel. And I'm thinking college. You know, I'm dropping out of college. Hmm. Right? She's dropping out of high school, man. Wow. I was like, whoa, what? Wow. I was like, this is what the generation's kind of wow. is kind of getting into. I mean, I mean, I mean, but then I was talking to my wife and she's like, yeah, this is a thing. She's like, people are leaving high school so they can build YouTube channels. I mean, have you seen any, heard of this? Well, this whole phenomenon? I, I'm not surprised by it okay. at all. Yeah. I'm not surprised by it at all. I was blown uh, away. I was because like, what? There, there are several different YouTube stars that are making you know a lot of money seven figures um so yeah my my, i in i value higher education i think that you know you can spend any amount of time starting your youtube channel um if you have a cell phone Mm -hmm. now you have a youtube channel Mm -hmm. right you can have a youtube channel so for them to drop out of school, I don't know if that's the best route. If they're really passionate ab- about it, you know, I- I'm always down for someone following their passion, but I certainly think that um, there's smart ways to do it. Right, man. I mean, and you know, do you have any advice to uh, students that might be listening who are just interested in like, you know, trying to find the right educational programs? Obviously, you have your own, but how do you kind of, you know, <laughs> go through all the lists on? you to me and all the rest of these people and like choose the right person to kind of follow and say, okay, they might, they might know their stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah there, are, there are a lot of, to, to what you alluded to earlier, there are a lot of gurus out there. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, you know, just, just stick with one that resonates with you the most stick with one that actually has done the work. Yeah. Look, look at their, their, their track record. Um, meaning, you know, look at what they've accomplished, look at what, um, things that they're doing outside of just providing this information to you. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's very, very important. So if they're only creating this course, um, you know, and that's, that's it. But if they're, you know, if they have a course, if they're, volunteering if they're on a board if they're if they're if you see them doing things that are within the wheelhouse of whatever it is that 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 uh, they're promoting uh, their main focus then you know i would say you know it's all good yeah yeah i'll say it's all good but just just be just be wary and 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 make sure that they actually have the credibility to back up what they're saying yeah, yeah man i mean i i think that's perfect advice because um you want to talk to somebody who's been there you know exactly. at least been in the trenches because it's so easy to act like you've been there yeah. but uh but very few people have actually gone through not saying very few but a lot of people that promote some of the things that they talk about might not know the you know intricate details of what it really takes to actually execute those things exactly. um man so you know what man we, we are about to wrap up and i really appreciate you taking the moment on saturday right before you go have a blast but um What's next for you, man? What's like the next, next, next big play? The the next big play is uh, just continuing to build this agency. Yeah. So Digital Delane is the agency uh, where my team is growing. Uh, we're at about twelve people now, uh, including myself, uh, and so we're we're working with some awesome clients. Um, have a good uh, deal of. Um, Entertainment clients as well, mm-hmm. um, which I'm excited about. Uh, working with some other some fitness brands, um, working with uh, another financial institution, law, real estate. Uh, so it, it, we pretty much run the gamut with regard to, to digital, wow. helping people to build their digital brands. Uh, so that's the next thing, um, really just acquiring, um, you know, bigger accounts and, and, and trying to make a bigger splash. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Man. So, you know, what you say bigger accounts? I'm just kind of being nosy now. Sure. Like, uh, what's like the average size that you go after? I mean, you know, it, honestly, it varies. So I, I work with just an, uh, from pretty an individual yeah. who's just, just trying to establish himself. Like, you know, um, work with this one lady who's, um, 
positioning herself as a dating expert for women over 50. Uh, and so that's actually a good a good niche to have, man. It absolutely is. So, yeah. so we, we've helped to, to build her complete digital brand from uh, website to social media to content strategy, um, programming, the whole nine. Wow. Uh, and then up to, you know, Toyota, uh, <laughs> working with their 2020 uh, mobility campaign. Wow. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's it varies. Yeah. Varies. Mm-hmm. Man. That's 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 really cool though, man. You got a nice, you have a nice range there. It sounds like that, and obviously like a really good team behind you, man. So you know what, you got to plug, you know, all your links. Tell everybody how to find you, man, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Awesome, man. Well, if you want more information about me, just follow me on social media, Junte Delane. That's all my my handles. If you Google search me, put in Junte, however you think it sounds, uh, <laughs> I will pop up. Uh, so all my social media there. Uh, the main site, digitaldelane.com. You need some done for your services. Uh, and if you really want to learn more about digital branding, digitalbrandinginstitute.com as well. Super dope, man. Well, you know what, guys? That's a wrap. Jonte, man. I think I got your name right this yeah, time, brother. Yeah. <laughs> man, I really do appreciate you again coming on, man. And until next time, guys, you guys be great. Nobody there with me when I had to walk through the rain. Nobody. Yeah, I really went through some pain. I remember I was locked in a cage. Yeah. So I got on my knees and I asked God for my life to change. Amen. And I can't lie, and since then I ain't looked at life the same. I can't lie. Shit, I'm just glad he let a young nigga live to see brighter days. I need it all, ain't got time to wait. No, I gotta get it right away. Right now. And I'm still in the trap with my young niggas trying to run it up. Let's the see. same ones that love me now, they laughed at me when I caught the bus. They did. But these pussy niggas said they gon' rob who? They sound dumb as fuck. Tell them niggas come try their luck. These niggas out here throwing dirt on my name. Pussy. But they just mad as fuck, cause I done bossed up and finally got me some change. Fuck. Yeah, they want the money, yeah, they want the fame, but they don't wanna go through the pain. Okay. And yeah, bitch, hard body still the gang. And that shit ain't never gon' change. No, no that shit ain't never gon' change. Now, this is out here throwing dirt on my name. Bitch. But they just mad as fuck, cause I done bossed up and finally got me some change. Fuck. Yeah, they want the money, yeah, they want the fame, but they don't wanna go through the pain. Okay. And yeah, bitch, hard body still the gang. And that shit ain't never gon' change. No, no that shit ain't never gon' change. Now, Deli, you poppin', how we look, nigga, look, nigga, steady earthquake and got him shook, nigga, shook, nigga, moving around town with the troops, nigga, troll, nigga, youngin', hit my line, what it do, nigga, do, nigga, ayy, bro, I know you got the play, hit me back, he on the way, that's an easy 10k, we should call that Kim K, make a million in a day, Frank Lucas can't relate, cause we never gonna say, when them people in our face, that's on me, put in work, that's OT, stacks on deck, SOD, my respect, Came for free, cut the check, I need fee Don't leave crib, nothing less, ten of fee Old school player, Tennessee Shit, it's on right now I'm about to lay it down Keep on coming by the dozens Oh, even hustle to my cousins Whoa, shadows never meant a thing to me These niggas out here throwing dirt on my name Pussy. But they just mad as fuck Cause I done bossed up and finally got me some change fuck. Yeah, they want the money, yeah, they want the fame Yeah, bitch, hard body still the gang, and that shit ain't never gon' change. No, no that shit ain't never.